Welcome to the Lowdown Friday edition. Oilers back in action on the coast. The trade rumors are really, really heating up. Some from LeBron, some from others, some from one of our guests today. It's all on the way. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for amazing deals days until February 16th only. 0% financing for up to 60 months on select remaining in-stock 2023 GMC Sierra half-tons, plus a $5,000 cash discount. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. And we love them. Love Doug and Mary, and we say hi to both of them today. Uh, before I get to this, I want to tell you, you can reach us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, Apple and Spotify podcast. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440 on Twitter at Low Tide and at Donovan Paulson, who is obviously Declan not here today. Uh, Donovan, the last time he joined us, he insulted uh, the clergy, uh, Swifties, and I think... I believe gasoline. Did you want to go anywhere else today so that I can plan my show? Where? Who do you want to insult today? Well, um, you know what? It's uh, it's Donovanations later at uh, at one forty. So uh, you'll just have to wait and see. So, do you have a there. subject? I do have a subject. Okay. Um, let me uh, let me read you off my subject here real quick. Okay. It is uh, obviously it's, we've got all day. Don't worry. Oh, Don't oh, you know? We, we do take have, your time. We do have all day. So you know what? Naturally, <laughs> um, it's Super Bowl weekend so yep. i'm just saying the sheer unlikability of this kansas city chiefs team because well, i mean oh are you is it all gonna be like trashing taylor swift no it's not trashing taylor swift it is i don't like this chiefs team so i've decided to go the top five most unlikable players in sports history okay and they're all on the chiefs which is you know there, unusual uh there might be a chief there might not be a chief there's gonna be some nhlers there's gonna be some nba players okay maybe a little nfl sprinkle in there all right so if you want ever to laugh donovan go find nfl films <clears throat> that have anything to do with a man named hank stram <clears throat> hank stram was the coach of the kansas city chiefs in the late 60s early 70s they won a super bowl Hank Stram would do things like they they mic'd him up and they put him on film on the sidelines during games for the Chiefs. And he'd go, Larry, Larry, Larry. And his assistant coach would say, it's David. David! And so, like, he was a little out there. And he also wore a hairpiece that was obviously a hairpiece. But he was a he was a charged individual and he was funny. You might like that. I would like that. It yeah. sounds sounds very uh, very up my alley. Yeah. So what are we calling your feature again? Um, I just called it Donovanations because I, yeah. I mean that's I'm just stealing from Declan, I guess. Okay. Well, Donovanations right is fine. I I don't know what we called it last time. Hurdy Gurdy top oh. five with Donovan, I think. Uh, yeah. Is that well, Hurdy Gurdy because of the yeah. Donovan. Yeah. But I like Donovanations. Okay. I, I like Donovanations too. Okay. I mean, All right. We'll, uh, we'll see how many more times I get to use it, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the, 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 the time through the hourglass means you're going to be around a lot longer than me. So you just keep doing whatever you're doing there, Donovan Nations, and you'll, you'll be at the top in no time. Also on the show today, Steve Lansky will discuss the Super Bowl. He'll discuss the All-Star Game. You know Steve's got a, a long time in television. So we approach it not just from the television or from the entertainment side and the sporting side, but from the television production side. And he's a, he's a hard marker, I got to say. He really is. He's like uh, Miss Grundy. Like, that's how tough. And he's coming up today. Uh, Tyler Uremchuk from... Uh, 
Oilers Nation will join us, uh, and, and we'll talk to him about rumors. He's on with Frank all the time at Daily Faceoff, and we're going to talk about NHL trade rumors because the Oilers are involved in a lot of them. Pierre Lebrun specifically, we're going to get to that in two shakes. And then Dan Israel at 12.20, we're going to have Dan, uh, executive producer and co-host of Chiefs Radio Network. We can't let Donovan talk to him because... Uh, Dan is involved with the Chiefs and works for the Chiefs, and I just feel like you might just, you know, get him so angry he hangs up on us. Yeah, he could either hang up on us, or I might, uh, you know, accidentally let out a few words at yeah, him. And that's his, what I'm thinking. His, uh, you know, the team he covers and the people involved with that team. I might Michael Adam. I don't. I don't know. Well, it could be. It could be me. war. I, I yeah. need guests who are not hostile. If I could. Um, all right, let's talk Oilers. Yesterday's lines and pairings. I'm sure you heard about them. Corey Perry moving up to the second line. Warren Fogle going down to a pretty substantial third line with McLeod and Holloway. I'm not buying it. Like I know it might play for a time, and I like Corey Perry. I just don't think he's fast enough. <laughs> The reason you want a Corey Perry on that line is you've got a bit of a defensive conscience. It's like having a right-handed Nuge on with, with Evander Kane and Leon Dreisaitl. And I love both of those players, but a, a, a two-way guy on that line, Connor Brown was supposed to be it. He's not. A two-way guy on that line would really benefit. And in the article I wrote at The Athletic today, I did talk about a couple of guys who, for me, would be great solutions. The problem is... At this time of year, you're just not going to get these guys because they're either they're playing for a contender or they're definitely, 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 uh, you know, signed for too long. But the candidates I talked about today in the article for The Athletic were, among others, Adrian Kempe of the Los Angeles Kings and Travis Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers. They're not coming here. But those would be the ideal. And then we go into Jake Gensel would be great. 40 goals per 82 games over the last three years in the NHL. I don't think he's coming. He's either going to sign or the price point is going to be too high. Tata Toffoli is interesting. Vladimir Tarasenko getting a lot of play. And as LeBron mentioned, we'll talk about him in a, two, a little bit here. Uh, Jordan Eberle has been mentioned. A lot of Oiler fans interested in Jordan Eberle as an option. Okay, so where are we? I think the owners, based on what LeBron said, are mulling over the future now. They've got some assets to trade, and they can find some money. If they couldn't find money, they wouldn't be as aggressive as they are. What does that mean to us? It means likely that one of your favorites, be it you know Brett Kulak or, or Cody Cece, or I, I don't think they would trade Fogel, but you never know. Though One of those cats may be heading out the door. And... You know, it's not what you want because Fogel, for instance, really good player. Kulak, third pairing guy, but he's played two great playoffs for the Oilers. And then CeCe's your right-handed guy. Now, the pairings change is just interesting to me times 20. If you didn't see it yesterday, Tony Brar sent it out. These are the new pairings. And the coach said, I don't know if we're going to play them or not. We're just thinking out loud. So the pairings are this. Darnell Nurse with Vincent DeHarnay. That's a really good PK combination. And they can play, you know, zone starts defensively. And they can be a, a shutdown kind of pairing. Then the other pairing that surprised me was Ekholm Cece. Now, the reason that's interesting is you're sending the best two-way defenseman on the team in Ekholm to CeCe, who you want to play big minutes, but he needs real support, right? He's not a great skater, but he's very physical, and he has value. I'm not putting CeCe down. And then the third pair is Kulak and Evan Bouchard. And the reason that's interesting, it reminds me, the combination reminds me a little bit of 
Do you remember when Oscar Kleppbaum and Justin Schultz used to have tons of offensive zone starts back in about 2013? That's how I see this pairing. I think, I think if that pairing is there, people are talking about, well, after they kill the penalty, they can send that pairing out. I think even more than that, you get an icing and you want a goal and you send out the McDavid line and those two. And you, because Kulak is a great skater. He really is. So that's, and of course, Bouchard is, is a, a very fine offensive player who can move the needle that way. But Kulak can recover if Bouchard has to, you know, if defensive plays are happening quickly, you got to scoot back and get the puck. Kulak is, is a really good skater. And then Bouchard can help offensively. And you're, you're loaning Ekholm to the CC pairing, and then you're using DeHarnay and Nurse as a shutdown pairing. It is interesting. I don't know how long it's going to last. Probably not long, and I don't think the forwards are going to last long either. I think they're going to check down guys and girls. I do believe we're going to see a trade. I do believe it's a right wing, and it might be Jordan Eberle. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic has been writing great stuff. He really has. He's got an article up at Jack Campbell today. Went down to Bakersfield, talked to Campbell. He's playing better, got more confidence. Does not appear as though, and I'll let you read the article to find out why, does not appear as though a recall is imminent, and it's well worth reading. You should check it out. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl I remember watching like it mattered, like I was I was interested enough to know who was playing and you know what was you know going to happen and it wasn't like the early one I do not remember I do not remember the name of Super Bowl which I think is was 1970 like 69 into 70 um but I the 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 one that I remember I'm looking at I want to get the the date right because when you get this wrong it sort of ruins the point it would have been wow really eh I didn't realize it was that long ago. It would have been January 14th, 1973, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, Miami 14, Washington 7. And those of you who remember that or know about it probably know why it was memorable. Do you know, Donovan, why it was memorable? I do not know why it was memorable. Why was it? The Miami Dolphins won the Super Bowl, and they became the only undefeated team in the history of the National Football League. That is very impressive, yeah. And from then on, every surviving member of the Dolphins would travel around when, like, Week 10 came along, and there was only one unbeaten team. And they would follow that team around waiting like piranha, like vultures, for that team to lose. And then they would have a big old party. And I, 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 at first I thought it was cute, and then I just resented the hell out of it, you know? Like, you're, you're, you're waiting for somebody to fail so you can go, aha! You know, it's total George Costanza stuff. So, anyway, that's why I remember that Super Bowl. I didn't realize it was that long ago, 73. I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And there's lots of reasons. Uh, I heard Jason Greger talking yesterday about the strength of the Chiefs' defense, and that's a big part of it. They also had a point last year or this year where they could not find enough receivers to catch the ball. Some couldn't get downfield, but could catch the ball. Others could get downfield, but couldn't catch the ball. And some were hurt. And Andy Reid is a great coach. Somehow they MacGyvered a receiving core. Uh, Mahomes is a great, great quarterback. But they've got a group now that can win it. 
And I, I think that if you're looking at the 49ers right now, it's a little bit David versus Goliath at the quarterback position. I like Brock Purdy, but he's going to have to be, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he doesn't throw the ball 500 yards. He doesn't run like fast as lightning. And he's, he's young. So even though he's in command of the team and they believe in him, he's unproven a little bit, at least at this level, at this point in a season, the Super Bowl. He hasn't won. So I think he's going to have to be a, a, like almost a magician. Like remember Larry Bird? Larry Bird in, in basketball terms was not the most impressive athlete on the floor. In fact, he was probably the least impressive athlete on the floor. And I, I know he was a great athlete. But he didn't, he didn't look strong. He couldn't look, you know, lift you know, a boulder over his head. And he wasn't so tall that he couldn't you know, possibly get into seven of eight cars that are driven in North America today. Bird was kind of a, you know, a, a rail-thin guy with a weird mustache. And, and physically, he did not look like the guy who was going to go. He was a little bit like Gretzky. Gretzky never looked like the guy who was going to, you know, score five goals on you and make you cry. And he was that guy, but you had to see it. I think Purdy needs to be that guy, he needs to channel some things. I'm not talking about trick plays. They're a good football team. But I, I think that if San Francisco is going to win the Super Bowl, they need to score early and I would, at least 14 points by halftime. And the, the Chiefs don't give up 14 points by halftime often, not this version. I I have a feeling, I hope I'm wrong, but I have a feeling this is going to be over a little bit early. I think Taylor Swift's going to get a lot of camera time, and I think there are people on the planet Earth, like Donovan Paulson, my dear friend, who are going to roll their eyes on Monday, and we're going to hear a lot of chatter about it. That is my personal belief. Do you have any comment on that? Yeah, you know, you're going to hear a lot from me. Um, maybe during the game on Twitter, maybe... Uh you know, post game on Monday. How many Twitter followers do you have? I'm at uh, 122. So 122. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've sent you a lot. Are you are you making these people mad? Do you offend people online as well as on air? I don't know. I uh, I what do, you, what do you talk about? I uh, I mainly just do a lot of uh, you know sports 1440 stuff. But um, what's the last personal thing you tweeted out? The last personal thing I tweeted was. Uh, can't wait for the trade deadline. Oh, my God. Oh, the- Why are you so offended? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, yeah. So we got to get Donovan more followers. 122 is low. Um, I see you're following 76. So there's like 46 people you hate. Yes. Or you'd be following them. Yeah, exactly. So you, 122 people have followed you. 76 you like. The other 46 to hell with those guys. Yeah, exactly. D- d- step off. Yeah. Yeah. Just get away from me. <laughs> well, I think that's the way the internet works. So well done, Donovan. You're doing well. All right. So very busy day. I like Donovan Nations at 140, but I recommend you listen to the entire program, which means you're going to be hearing from Lansky and Yuramchuk and Donovan Nations in the one o'clock hour. And trade rumor is going to be very heavy on Oilers at 140. And just ahead, Dan Israel, executive producer and co-host of Chiefs Radio Network. We're talking Super Bowl on the way. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit them at wolfgmcbuick.com. Friday weekend, and this is a special one. Across, well, every 
planet on every country on Earth, really. Maybe the other planets, too. I'm not sure. It's Super Bowl weekend. And what an event. I'm looking forward to it. I think there are two great football teams. We're going to talk a little bit about the KC Chiefs now with the executive producer and co-host of Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. Dan, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. My pleasure. So Chiefs had a, an unusual year, uh, but they straightened out their issues. They got guys who could catch, and the defense is really good. Uh, kind of Andy Reid's thing to kind of bring things together and have them peak at the right time. If they win, do you think I could argue this has been his best coaching job? Well, I think probably if you were to look at the, you know, I don't have the purview into the Eagles years, but for the Chiefs, I think so. And I think the Chiefs are arguably of the four teams they've sent to the Super Bowl in the last five years. This is the least probably talented team we've had. So, yeah, I think so. I think Andy's done a, a tremendous job this year. Well, they are the one area that I that I like about them. They they had some drops, and, and Mahomes. They they I felt like teams were getting to him a little bit, which I've never seen before, and I'm probably wrong. But there were moments where where they're instead of being completely self assured, there were moments of struggle uh, for that offense. But the defense has been so strong this year, and, and um, you know you're right. I think they're less dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. But this is a pretty darn good defense for the Chiefs this time. Yeah, I think the defense has been outstanding. You know, I've I've worked uh, for the Chiefs for 35 years, and I've seen some good defenses before, certainly, but uh, I would say this is probably the best one I've ever seen, and I think it's a, an example of the Axum defense wins championships. We hear that all the time. What does that mean, right? You know, if you can score 50 points, you ought to be able to win a championship. Well, the reality of it is not true. Uh, under Dick Vermeil, we used to score 50 points, and we'd lose the game. So I think what you see with this defense is they hold the opponent to such a a small amount of scoring that those mistakes that you make along the way don't really be – they're not catastrophic, right? You can recover from them. If a a defense can hold you to 14 or 17 points, that's a game you're in all four quarters. And the Chiefs are certainly capable of scoring more than 17 points, but the the defense has just been outstanding. I think Legereus need – uh, Trent McDuffie may be the best tandem quarterback, cornerbacks in the league right now. I think they're suffocating in the second half. We held in the playoffs. We held the Dolphins to nothing in the second half. The Dolphins. We held the Ravens to nothing in the second half. And I think we only let the Bills still score three or seven points. So it's been a heck of a year, man. And they've been playing that way all year. Uh, it's nice to see them finally getting some credit for it. Yeah, and they they have a quarterback on the other side. You know, Brock Purdy is a really good football player, but there are some weaknesses, and he is young. Uh, and the Chiefs' ability to maybe, uh, uh, you know, maybe not even get to him, but pressure him and make him throw, you know, quickly or when he's not prepared, that might be a key to the game. Yeah, definitely. I think the you know the Chiefs' sack numbers haven't been extraordinary this year. They're good. They're just not great. And I think what you see is they're not necessarily sacking the quarterback. They're not necessarily forcing fumbles, but they're getting enough pressure to cause the quarterback to change his routine. And we all know once you've done that, uh, that's half the battle. And in particular, and a quarterback who's not able to handle that, we even saw when the Ravens kind of put it on Lamar Jackson's back, it wasn't, he couldn't do it. And I think one of the things that Steve Spagnuolo, who is our defensive coordinator, doesn't get enough credit for is he's just a master of disguising these defenses. I think it's going to be really tough for a, a guy who's only been in the league two years. I think Brock, uh, Brock Purdy's a very accurate quarterback. When he knows where to throw the ball, he can put it right there. The, the danger for him is going to be thinking one thing and reality being another. So 
uh, I think he'll probably take advantage of his lack of experience. And if you stack up Mahomes' experience in this game alone, he certainly outweighs Purdy. But uh, should be a good contest regardless. But I think the Chiefs' defense might get the better of them a couple of times. Dan Israel, our guest, executive producer and co-host of Chiefs Radio Network on Sports 1440. Here's the re- I'm an Eagles fan, and, and I, like Mahomes... Mahomes was so good a year ago, and I thought the Eagles were probably a better team than San Francisco. Now I might be wrong, but I until I see Mahomes lose, and it doesn't happen often, uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him because I think he's the biggest difference maker in the in the football game. And no matter what Purdy does, I think Mahomes always seems to rise to the occasion, and he can beat you so many ways. Yeah, it's really hard to bet against this kid at this point. You know, I mean, he's just he's accomplished so much in just six years. And I think one of the things, you, you know, we know from the National Football League is the quarterback touches the ball every play. So he's an important part of, of the play going right. And Mahomes in the playoffs just seems to make the, always the best decisions. You know, he, he protects the football. He delivers it on time. It, it just It's one of those things, and especially this year, Mahomes wasn't necessarily part of the problem. I mean, there were guys balls hitting guys in hands that they were dropping but there were also times when it was like well that wasn't very Patrick Mahomes like but not in the playoffs man he is just seems to be unstoppable in the playoffs and again guys I think this is one of the areas and I I agree with you I think the Eagles from what I can tell the Eagles were a better team than this 49ers team I think maybe the 49 I think the Ravens might have been a better team than this 49ers or in the Bills maybe even but I do think Debo Samuel's a guy that you know you're not going to stop him you're going to slow him down at best. It's Christian McCaffrey the same way. But if they can limit those guys and force Purdy to have to throw, I think that ups the Chiefs' advantage because, again, you know, we've seen the, the Bills and the Ravens' playoff game for us are a perfect example. You cannot underestimate the value of experience. Mahomes was totally prepared for those games, for the bigness of those games, for the bright lights. And even with Monday night's opening night here in Las Vegas, we saw Purdy was a little nervous saying things like, you know, boy, if I could beat Patrick Mahomes, that would really say something. It's like, man, if you're already thinking that way, he's kind of in your head already and we're not even playing yet. But I, I look, I like Purdy. He's, he grew up, you know, I don't know if he grew up, but he went to school certainly in Iowa, which is part of our, you know, listening audience. And, and I think he's a heck of a quarterback. And four years from now, he may look as good as Mahomes. You know, I, I don't know, but he's just two years in and, I think it's going to be tough for him. I think Mahomes has the advantage all the way. It's just hard to, like you said, it's hard to bet against Mahomes right now. Well, and now the, the I hate asking this question because it's way too soon. But but you know, we're coming out of a Patriots dynasty, and and immediately we go into this, and it's hard to in real time talk about the Chiefs as uh, as a as, as dynasty and, and Mahomes as being that guy. And yet, we also want to at least address it and not ignore it. And if they win, then then you know we have to at least acknowledge the possibility, right? And the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have been dominated, a uh, dominant uh, since Brady uh, won at Arrowhead. What, how many years ago was that? Six years ago, twenty eighteen. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that was a game in overtime, right? Yep. Mahomes didn't even get the chance to touch the ball. Now, you know, the rule's different now, but back then he didn't even get a chance to touch it in overtime. Brady really took advantage of that. Look, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the things I really felt like the Eagles were a better team than us last year. For him to pull these games out certainly says something about his character, about his ability to dig down deep. And I've watched these guys all week. They are so dialed in 
you would think this is the first ring for all of them because they they want this game. I, I'm really surprised that you know how how focused they are. This being their fourth trip back, but I do think you know when you look at yes, it's too early, but when you look at the trajectory that Mahomes and the Chiefs are on, it is hard to deny the numbers are very similar. And so if these guys go on, if Reed and Mahomes stay together, certainly Travis Kelsey is going to last more than a couple of years. He's just at 34 years old as a tight end, that'd be a, a big call to play to your 40. But if Mahomes at 28 and Reed go on for another 10 years, they have a chance to kind of replicate those Patriot Day numbers. The one thing I would say is, you know, the Patriots, for whatever reason, the Jets, the Bills, and the, the Dolphins just never seem to want to be competitive for many of those years. Our division is, seems to be becoming an arms race. You know, yeah. you've got quarterbacks, you've got new coaches. It's interesting, guys, in the 10 years that Andy Reid has been the head football coach, I think we've been through 17 other coaches between the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers. 17. Yeah. That's saying something. Oh, but uh, I think they're on their way. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. Dan Israel, executive producer and co-host of Chiefs Radio Network. Great interview. God, that's a radio guy, eh? Big-time voice, excitement everywhere. By the way, people are now, they are now sending me requests via DM. They're, they're sending me requests via DM to have Donovan follow them. So p- you, people are following you, and then they're offended that you're not following them back. I don't know what you want to do with it. Maybe I might just have to cave. Maybe, maybe well, I might have to stop offending them and... Well. I mean, certainly, nice. certainly you went after the clergy and didn't apologize. You went after Swifties and didn't apologize. Maybe the way to go is to say, I'm following nobody and unfollow everybody else. That might be, you might be right there. No. You might be right. I, I think, I think I might take that approach. Is it, uh, the tweet of God doesn't follow anybody but Justin Bieber? I think that's right on Twitter. I have no idea. <laughs> Absolutely no idea on that one. That one's, uh, I, I thought that was like, that's a troll to the world. I love it. Okay. All right, so you're coming up at 1.40. Yep. And just give us a tease about what you're doing because you were so vague about it and on Donovan Nations. What are you doing? Well, the Donovan Nations, um, five most unlikable players for me of all time in sports. Uh, so how you're 12. So how far back do you go? You're right. I am 12. Right. Uh, that's why I'm on air here. Um, how far back am I going? Um I'm going into some older NHL players, but not not too too old. Okay, like Howie Morenz old or um, no, no okay. that that's a little bit old All for right. me. So some from the '60s on. Uh, we'll we'll say '70s on. Okay, we'll say '70s well, on. That's a good pull. I mean, but, in '70s um, you weren't alive, so good it, job. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, on those those guys, I'm going based off of just you know they were obviously highly revered, not not liked at all. No. No. And they're widely known to be not very nice. Okay. I'm but, looking forward to your list. It's coming up at 1.40 on the way at 1 o'clock today. It's Steve Lansky. Tyler Uremchuk at 1.20. Next, though, NHL rumors, heavy, heavy, heavy content on the orders. This is Sports 1440. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. You know, before the show, I I asked my friend Donovan, hey, can you play Friday? I'm in love. Because it's, you know, Friday. I, you know, I mean, we're two in now. I'm thinking maybe, maybe, you know. I mean, it's Carol King's birthday, but I don't want to push it because 
I mean, I haven't heard Friday I'm in love yet, so maybe maybe I'm not going to be able to hear it today. Hold your horses. Hold I, your horses. I, it's coming you up. Know, people it's don't gonna like... It's going to be a surprise. Old men, you know, nobody likes to make them happy. So I get it. I understand, you know. Do you have, like, are uh, I'm not questioning you, but I, like, I worked with Declan quite a bit, and I know when he promotes that he's going to do something, he has it in the bag. Do you, are you ready with Donovan Nations? Do you have five names? I have more than five names, actually. Okay, I but that's not necessarily ready. good, because you, maybe you'll get, have 11 and won't be able to decide what you're going to, do you have something written on five guys? I have something written on five guys, yes. I am ready with all the names. Are you done writing and you're just editing now, or have you completed it? I am just just editing now. Okay, we're, we're lost. To, it's going to be a train wreck at 140. It will be a train wreck, and I, I highly encourage so, you to stay tuned till 140 for that train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I'm sure it'll be excellent. I could tell. I can't. You know why I could tell that you hadn't completely figured it out in your mind. You said I got one MMA, I got one NFL, I got one, and I was going to have a major league maybe. And so I, I, I know for myself when I'm thinking out loud, I'm not totally settled on my five. As an example, are you settled on your five? I'm settled on my five. I just need to write down just a little bit of a of a you know. A little bit of prep for myself to that's just. That's not you know, editing, but just so you know, that's writing. Well, yes, but I know exactly who my five are and I know what I'm going to say about them. Mm-hmm. I just haven't written it all totally down yet. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you think, if you think that I, I'm not reading you, you think I have never done what you're doing before? I've done it all the time. You oh, know. oh I, I I know you have. Prepared? I, I'm totally prepared. What's the name of the station? I get it. I understand. Because thinking on your feet is how you've gotten this far. I get it. Just reading me like a book over could here. You, could you give me the initials of the MMA guy? CM. Okay, then I'm, I'm gaining confidence then. All right. Well done, sir. Okay, let's do it. It's time for rumors. And ordinarily... I'm scuffing about and I'm looking for stuff. And uh, Pierre Lebrun, who's a good man, he wrote the entire thing today. And so we're going to riff off of that. I'm going to add some names. We're going to talk about some people who might be in play. And beginning with a rumor from Ryan Rashog, not a rumor, but his guesstimate was that Leon might be 14 million times, I believe he said eight, for the next contract. So that tells me two things. Number one, I don't think another team is going to be able to go after that. That's a lot of money. Maybe a team will just cut back and just go into that free agent summer with Leon, you know, planning, planning on signing him and devoting the entire summer to it. But the Oilers will know a year ahead, and if they don't sign him, they can trade him. But I think Leon at 14 million times eight, the chances of him staying in Edmonton are very high. What is 14 million times eight? Is that 104 times 32? That's 80. 113, 132 million. 113, 112 million. Let me just figure it out. 18 million. 14 times eight? 112. 112. Okay. 112 million. I mean, he'll be able to buy a house out by where Fernando Pisani lives. That's a lot of money. He could buy my house um, just a couple times. Yeah. 
Well, just, just a few. The, 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 and people go, well, it's too much. No, it, it's, the, it's the market price. You don't, you don't work for the company you work for, and they say, this is what we're paying you. And you go, no, no, please pay me less. I'll, I'll take less. It's what the market will allow. And that is a big signing. It is. If they do that, the world is a different place. Now, let's talk about the trade ideas. So LeBron goes into quite a lot of detail talking about the priority, which is, according to Pierre LeBron, and he's a connected guy, a top six forward. Could be center, could be a winger, although concentrating heavily on the second line and right wing. The second area of conversation, adding a defenseman, which looks, based on what LeBron said, uh, could go one of two ways, but... If they get the forward, it's likely to be a veteran guy, you know, Kulikov type, you know, maybe a little higher. And he says that he feel, believes the Oilers believe they're okay in goal. They've got Skinner, they've got Pickard, and then in the minors, Jack Campbell and Olivier Rodrigue as well. So Pierre mentions uh, Jake Gensel, who would be a primary target. And then also the fact that he might not be, he could sign or Pittsburgh would make the playoffs. And then he mentions Vladimir Tarasenko and the fact that he switched agents last week, and that could be a tell. He said that he he believes he would be open to waving for a team like the Oilers. My sense is Edmonton has them among their names to keep an eye on. Now, that is like a really strong connection. So moving forward, were I you, if I were you, I would consider Tarasenko as having something close to the inside track. The only reason I would say he's not the inside track is that he also says that Jordan Eberle is an option, and he believes the reunion is growing stronger and stronger within the Oilers' front office. Remember, he got traded because he didn't get a puck out, and it went over Mark Letestu's stick, and they blamed Eberle. And then they traded him. And I don't want to talk about what happened after that because we're going to get to six degrees of Ryan Spooner and I don't want it. So that is a, that's a pretty strong indicator about what Ken Holland's doing. There are times when Oilers organization where you don't get a lot of inside intel and there are times when you absolutely know that Philip Broberg is going to be drafted in the first round. The Ken Holland era has been pretty open. It's not as open as, say, the Kevin Lowe era. And Glenn Sather used to feed Matty and not feed Terry Jones, and that's a whole thing. Uh, and then Steve Tambellini was, uh, I did not think he was a terrific general manager, but he never leaked anything. Steve Tambellini was the one general manager in the history of this organization that, I mean, I don't even know whether he used an office phone. Nothing ever got out under Tambellini. The only things that got out were him saying, from a wheat field, I don't know if I can trade Linus Omark. I've tried. God knows I've tried, which was a kind of a comedy act, but he never leaked anything unless it came from him. Holland loves to talk, and he loves to give information. And that's on the record or off the record. So I, I think this is real. One other thing I want to talk to you about in the LeBron piece, and please, I'm giving you this, and it's open and it's public, but please read the piece. LeBron is a great reporter. This takes a lot of work. And so he's, he's done the due diligence. He talks about adding a grizzled veteran type for depth or swinging for someone like Chris Tanev or Sean Walker. And there's talk, and he mentions uh, Darren Dreger in here from TSN on Insider Trading saying that maybe Walker is a guy they've looked at. So 
that's a lot. That's a whole lot of information. <clears throat> One thing that, that I wrote about today at The Athletic, and I, and I do think it's worth mentioning, is you want a player who is superior to what Warren Fogle is already doing. Because if, if you get somebody who's less than Warren Fogle, inevitably Fogle's going to move up there, and you would have lost the opportunity to bring in a center. Here, here's my thinking. So let's say they don't trade for our white, right winger, and Warren Fogle is the guy, and they go Kane, Dreisaitl, Fogle on the second line. And then the third line is, uh, let's say, uh, McLeod, Holloway, and Corey Perry. And you get a fourth-line center like Jake Evans. And you go that way. <clears throat> or you, you, you go a little higher. You get Adam Henrique. The center might be more valuable. Because in the piece that I wrote, both Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle have better numbers over the last three years at five-on-five five in outscoring and scoring, and Drysaddle scores better with them than Evander Kane. So if you're keeping Fogle and Drysaddle, the second line might be, and I'm just telling you because it looks like it, based on the math, and three years worth of math is quite a bit, that Drysaddle with Fogle and McLeod is a pretty darn good line. Wrote about it today in The Athletic. Check it out. There's some good information in there. And the reason that you would go outside and trade for somebody is, also wrote about it in the article, somebody who's a two-way, a really good two-way guy. And I don't think that player is coming here. I don't think Travis Konechny is is a trade that will happen at the deadline. I don't think he'll... He may never leave Philadelphia. Why would you trade him? But if he was... It would probably be a summer deal. And I also think Adrian Kempe of the Los Angeles Kings would fit that two-way role, can score goals, but also be the defensive conscience on the line. Kind of like what Nuge does on the top line. Although when you're with Connor McDavid, you know, being the defensive conscience is a little bit different than among normal humans. So there are options there. I encourage you to read the Pierre Lebrun piece. I've only scratched the surface of what he talked about in the article. It's well done. The, the rest of the NHL is sort of, you know, kicking tires. And for some reason, well, I know the reason, the Calgary Flames are in every rumor about a defenseman. Every rumor. Any team looking for a defenseman... The Calgary Flames are involved. They, I mean, they've got Hannafin. They've got Tanev. The orders are connected to. They're just loaded, man. And they're loaded because all these guys are free agents. And if you, if you like seeing sweat run down the crack of everything in Calgary, then you're probably delighted right now about Craig Conroy's position. It's a tough position. I, I, like, I'm not anti-Craig Conroy or anti-Calgary Flames. I will tell you, one of the prettiest cities I've ever been to is Calgary. It's really beautiful. I would rather live in Edmonton. Our life was, was built here. My kids are from here. I love the community I'm in. My neighbors are beautiful people. I would not move. But Calgary is lovely, and it's close to the mountains. It's close to Lake Louise, which is among the nicest places I've ever been in my life. So I don't have a, I'm not anti-Calgary or anti-Craig Conroy. He's in a tough spot. He is in a tough spot. Here's the problem. 
right now the Calgary Flames, they just sent out a big name. And so they could do that again and again and again again. It's like Gilligan. But there's a problem there. If you, if you bleed too much veteran talent, then you might not get back to the playoffs next year, and I guarantee Calgary wants to. So among the UFAs that they could still trade are Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, Shillington, and then it gets a little weaker. I mean, I don't think Kevin Rooney is going to be a big name that's out there. But if you trade all of those guys, if you trade Hannafin and Tanev, I don't think they'll trade Shillington. There's, there's lots of reasons why they won't trade Shillington. You trade those two guys on top of Lindholm, you're going to have a lot of money in the summer, a lot more money in the summer, and you have defensively, you've got Weger and Anderson, Rasmus Anderson on the right side. And then you hope to bring back Shillington on the left side, but you have a hole. And you you go through the all the playoffs. You can't sign a free agent. And there's no news except that you offloaded a bunch of players. And there's a lot of pressure on you because, you know, you, Craig Conroy, have Jonathan Huberto at 10.5 times life. You have Kadri at 7 million. Mangiapani, who I really like, is at 5.8. Kazmenko, you just picked up. He's got another year on his contract. And then Backlund is signed for the next two years. Blake Coleman. There's a lot there. Uyghur's making 6.25. But you're losing a lot, too. You'd lose Lindholm. You'd lose Tanev. You'd lose Hannafin. I think Craig Conroy would really like to sign Noah Hannafin. I think that's the play here. You've got to be able to show something. And I know you're saying, Lotite, why do you care about Cal- I like Calgary to be competitive. The only time the Oilers have ever won a Stanley Cup is when Calgary did everything possible to beat them. And in fact, they did once, one time. The Flames have recalled Dustin Wolf. Dan Vladar is on IR. Jonas Berdeen is coming back. That's Sarah McClellan who we have on the show often from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Eric Johnson looking to move on from the Sabres. And LeBron also had an item on Elias Lindholm and the Canucks today. Both sides are content with waiting to see how things play out. There's the Elias Pettersson contract that Vancouver has to get signed before they move on from that. The Mikhail Sergachev injury is putting Tampa Bay in a little different spot than they were like two days ago in regard to the trade deadline. Julian Breesbaugh might have to go after defenseman. Would that be Noah Hannafin? I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that are moving right now, parts-wise. And the Edmonton Oilers, based on the LeBron article, are in on it. They are in on it. And right now, I think Tarasenko is the guy you should look at. Maybe Eberle, too. But Tarasenko would be a reasonable target for the Edmonton Oilers. And looks like there's some interest. Okay, 12.53. Steve Lansky. Lansky is, is on Twitter like... He's like the maitre d' or the waiter in a restaurant who for some reason all the eyeballs are on him because he'll just say whatever he wants to, and it's provocative. And 
that's Steve. You know, and sometimes he'll drop a dish and it'll be a long play. But most of the time he's got it going on and he has very thought-provoking ideas and thoughts. That's why we have him on every Friday. It sort of kickstarts the weekend and frees your mind. All week you've been nose to the grindstone, thinking about work, making sure you did your job well. Lansky comes along and your mind quickly becomes different. It's like an opium haze. I've never had one, but I understand that they exist. That's Lansky. He, he frees your mind for new possibilities. He's on the way. Tyler Uremchuk will join us from Daily Faceoff. And then we've got, and I can't wait for this because it's being prepared as we speak. It's like a dish. People are coming over for supper and they're going to be here in 30 minutes. And we've just started the two-hour evening meal. And we've got to prepare it. We've got to cut everything up, chop everything up. And I mean, who knows? We could slice and dice body parts by the time this gets done. Are you ready? Are you closer to ready now than you were a minute ago for Donovan Nations? There's one man that I don't have a full write-up for yet. Okay. Everyone else is done, ready to go. It's going to be... And what is the subject matter again, sir? What is the subject matter again? It is my top five most unlikable athletes, players of all time. Okay. All right. And from the 70s on... 70s on those guys are in honorable mentions though because okay. I didn't I didn't really watch them this is just yeah. people that I saw and can't stand okay how long is this feature 30 minutes 60 minutes or 90 minutes um I think I think I'm gonna go with an ESPN uh, 30 for 30 okay all right so we'll adjust our schedule accordingly okay on the way it's landscape this is the lowdown with low tide on sports 1440 and it's time for an update